0: Welcome to Hop To It. Hey, Trey. Hi, Nay. Are you ready? Ready for what?
1: To pack our house, take our dog, and hop in the car?
0: We got a car.
1: Don't worry about it. It's time to go.
0: Let's go explore and find a new city to call home.
1: Because we are Nay and Trey.
0: The alchemist and the shaman.
1: And it's time for us to Hop Hop To to it. It.
0: Hey, Naomi. It's that time again. Our rating episode.
1: (laughs) That's right. After five weeks of exploring, this is the episode where we talk about how Santa Fe scored using our proprietary top secret algorithm.
0: Now, in an ideal world, whichever city we rate it the highest is the one we'll move to and call home.
1: But we like to mix the mundane with a little bit of magic and use our intuition, too. So we'll leave a little bit of room for that at the end.
0: Here's how it looks. For each city, we rate 16 individual categories that matter to us on a scale of worst to best, generating a score of up to 100 possible points. Now, no place is perfect.
1: That's true. Please remember, This is our personal experience with living in Santa Fe, and it may be completely opposite to yours. Know that we respect your lived experience, and we hope you'll do the same for us.
0: If you want more details for how we rated Santa Fe, check out our blog post at hoptoit.fm forward slash blog, and we'll throw the link in the show notes.
1: So tell me, Trey, how did the City Different score Wait, is that really Santa Fe's only nickname? That's different.
0: <laughs> yeah, cute. I see what you did there. But that's all the nicknames they've got. So, how about you tell me the score for Santa Fe, New Mexico? Is it different?
1: Um, yeah, I'd say the score is pretty different. But by now, you know that we don't share the score this early in the episode. So, stick around for that.
0: Hey, I'm just trying to give the listeners what they want.
1: Alrighty then. I'm just going to ignore that. <laughs> let's start with our low scoring categories.
0: All right. Well, there are no low scores in Santa Fe.
1: Wait, what?
0: Yep. We decided to take a break from being mean and judgmental, you know? No, <laughs> just kidding. Santa Fe is remarkably average. Do you believe it?
1: Uh, remarkably average, huh? Is that a good thing? <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> but let's look and see how the scoring sheet breaks down. Um, no low scores. I cannot, I really can't believe that this has no low scores, but what that means is that not a single category of the 16 categories that we rate got a score of a one, which is worst or a two, Mm -hmm. which is below average. Um, so that means all of the categories got a three or higher.
0: That's right. Nothing got below average or the worst. I mean, Okay, we've had two previous cities completely miss with a zero for cannabis. Not pointing (laughs) fingers.
1: Yeah, we'll just say they're both beach cities. Um, But this has to be a good sign. Seriously, are you telling me, Trey, that we have nothing, literally nothing to complain about this episode? Are you sure that's right?
0: Yeah. Well, okay. So maybe our friends and family recommended Santa Fe because they realize that like it is a place full of things if you look hard enough.
1: Full of things to do.
0: Yeah, <laughs> full, of full of things and things to do. <laughs> totally. We'll share some of those many things.
1: Yes, there's many, many things. We've already shared a few. Right. Um, okay, let's move on to our high-scoring categories then, since we have nothing to complain about. Right. Um, We have a total of four categories that are showing a perfect five score in Santa Fe.
0: Now, I think the City Different deserves Best in Show for dog friendliness, natural beauty, parks and recreation, and magic spirit. Good show. Good show.
1: Four perfect fives isn't so bad, and those are great categories to get them in. Um, but the thing that really stands out to me, and I'm really impressed by, is that we finally, finally stayed in a place that has a perfect five for the category Magical Spirit. Every other place that's had any kind of Magical Spirit score has only gotten a three. So this is a standout for me. Wow. Um. So I know we touched on the spirit of Santa Fe quite a bit in last week's episode, where we talked about all of the enigmas. So we won't dive in too deep today, but I think it's still worth talking about just a little bit. One thing I do need to say,
0: Mm -hmm. ever
1: since we left Santa Fe, my hands stopped aching. Literally, the last time I remembered my hands aching was in the car on our way out of New Mexico. How weird is
0: that? (laughs) A little unusual.
1: I'm wondering if we should take away a point for the dark magic. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, bam. Oh, man. Call that dark magic. All right. How about we just classify it as enigmatic and gloomy instead?
1: So, no taking away a point.
0: No taking away a point on this one. <laughs> it's like, you know, achy hands isn't quite black magic, <laughs> but it sure is a little suspicious. It is. Yeah. <laughs> now, I am surprised this is our first amazing five rating for magical spirit. Like this whole journey has been full of unexpected delights, beautiful places. Yeah. But whoa, the first one, huh?
1: First one. I'm surprised too. But if you really think about it, Santa Fe brought with it practitioners. When we mapped it on Google, there were over 10 Reiki practitioners within the city. That's just a start. That's dope. Yeah. Um, I think we've mentioned before there's crystals all over the hills
0: could not look up.
1: (laughs) And of course, the access to healing dirt. So in a way, this is really a prime example of what it means for a city to have its own magical spirit.
0: I agree. Plus, we can't forget the original magic on this land that was brought by the indigenous people. Like those ancestors who still practice in Santa Fe to this day. It it was really cool. Actually, at the Santa Fe market, I Mm. saw some uh, sage bundles. Oh, yeah. And it, I mean, they appeared to be native people. That's just my assumption. I didn't stop and read the signs, but it really impressed upon me. Like, yep, this is indigenous people. Like these are the sage bundles to buy.
1: Yeah. I wish we had picked some up, but we try not to buy things.
0: Yeah. It's hard to use a whole bundle on the way.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think that's a really fantastic point though. Like the magic in Santa Fe is old. It is old magic and it's been there for, for hundreds of years and it continues to be there. It's palpable.
0: You felt it. I felt your it hands. in my hands. Yeah. <laughs> now, if that was like an energy vortex or not, we don't know. But something's happening here in Santa Fe.
1: Yes, for sure. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to another perfect score. And I have to say, we sure have a knack for picking places with high marks in parks and rec. And Santa Fe is no exception. Um. It is among three other cities that scored a perfect five in this category. Flagstaff, Pismo Beach, and San Diego being the other cities. And yeah, I think it deserves it.
0: I enjoyed the parks in Santa Fe. Like, they were numerous, and one of them had the disc golf course. That was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I can't believe it took so long to find that place because it was walking distance from our house. Yeah. And it just, like had to go through like a secret little pathway i was
0: gonna say yeah it was not an intuitive path i don't know how you found that actually
1: it was truly actually part of the acequia trail still but just totally the opposite direction than we usually walked
0: so So the first okay so it was part of the trail but i gotta say the first time we walked there we had to go around a fence like the fence was ajar for a school or something so it's like okay then it hooked up with the trail. Then when we left, you showed me the real way to get onto that trail. It was like this hidden pathway because it was like a tiny fence that went along somebody else's property that you wouldn't see. It was wild.
1: Hey, I would call this classic Santa Fe, wouldn't you?
0: <laughs> Amen. Back to this golf course because I didn't finish up saying I don't think it needs to be said, but I will say it anyway. It was set up for great long drives. like. Yeah. The last uh, golf course we saw, which was in Flagstaff, had a ton of trees. Way different setup. This one was way open, so you could just throw, if you were that good, really far.
1: You could. Or if you're me, you just get hit in the head from a distance.
0: (laughs) That's true. (laughs) It was getting kind of dangerous over there.
1: Always. Always. But I was beyond thrilled that Santa Fe has hiking trails galore. There are two different types. Uh, The first type I want to talk about are the desert-style trails with the short shrubs and maze-like pathways. We talked about those a little bit before, but I want to call out specifically La Tierra Trailheads. It's in the northwest corner of the city, and it turns out there's more than 25 miles of trails out there. Plenty of room to get lost for days.
0: Now, I did like how they marked those trails, too, because they had like the numbers and the mileage. Yeah, Yeah,
1: they were really good at marking them, even though uh, if you wandered off trail, it'd be hard to tell. Yeah. But if you don't see a number, you know you're on the, (laughs) you're (laughs) off the beaten path. Right. Yeah. They did a really fantastic job.
0: Yeah. Each trail was even a little different, had some adventure. We went to that Frenchy Fields Park and that uh, Santa Fe River Trail. Now, was the Santa Fe River Trail the one with the blue and yellow tunnel that I liked?
1: No, that was yeah, actually. <sighs> yeah, but Santa Fe River Trail went by Frenchies, so I could see why you would get those two kind of mixed up. But both of them were very similar—just long, long, yeah, uh, paved paths that took you like a great distance through the city.
0: Totally, ah, so fun. Now, what do you think about them? Like, you walk more trails than I do, for sure.
1: I mean, honestly, I was blown away, especially because we just came fresh off of Flagstaff. I thought there's no way that Santa Fe is going to hold a candle to the trails that we found in Flagstaff. And Mm. I think Santa Fe did a bang up job.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) You had the desert trails and then the city ones like you just spoke about. Um, And then you have the mountainous trails. So this was a whole different adventure that you could take. Um, This style of trail was found on the foothills in the northeast corner of the city. So the northwest corner, you have the desert trails, you have the city trails in the center, and then you have the mountain trails on the northeast corner. Nice. And so here we found um, a network called the Dale Ball Trails. And this is another 25 miles of walking. But this time you're walking in the Sangre de Cristo Mountains, really the foothills, I would say. And there's some incredible views of Santa Fe.
0: And mm-hmm.
1: I love that. I think those were my favorite. They're just so beautiful. The pine trees rushing in the wind as you're walking and the big boulders. And I think there were definitely more crystals on those trails than anywhere else.
0: (laughs) It was so nuts. And another thing that kind of happens in Santa Fe is I don't understand all uh, trees and stuff like that. But the roots in the trees there seem to go really long. So it wasn't uncommon to see like... At the base of a tree, just these long spindly roots just coming out through the trail. Or, so that trail was really good for like awesome trees and tree roots.
1: Agree. It was so, so epic.
0: Now, we love our parks, but this place has one surprising delight for me. The landscape. Now, oh my God, Santa Fe is surrounded on all sides by mountains. We've mentioned them before, but it's stunning. And in the spring, it's probably breathtaking. I can't even imagine the snowy winter months.
1: Yeah, well, we honestly got there just in time to watch spring unfold. And I think we were so lucky because when we arrived, it was pure brown and barren. And there was just, you know, naked tree branches. And I think you were even saying maybe we're so tired because there's like one color here is brown. (laughs)
0: It was totally monochrome. It was crazy.
1: (laughs) But then by the time we left, the trees were leafing out. And there was cherry blossoms and other blossoming trees. And my understanding is if we had stayed even longer, we would have seen just flowers just pop in. So,
0: yeah, (laughs) that would be a nice addition to what was already starting to bud. Now, timing is everything when it comes to Mother Nature, right? Like we skipped a few Santa Fe delights, but I suggest to anyone visiting this area that you take a dip at the local hot springs.
1: Yes, if we go back, I am definitely going to do that. That's one big FOMO for me.
0: To get that nice recuperative healing.
1: <sighs> yes. I mean, honestly, why didn't we put it on our agenda? We should have had it on our category system, Hot Springs.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> Then we could
1: try them all, every city that has them. We make we've sure we go. We've been
0: pretty fortunate on the Hot Springs, for sure.
1: They've been around.
0: Yeah, oh, love it.
1: <laughs> it's all these volcanoes we've been hanging around.
0: It's a hot spot.
1: okay Um, so we covered the lows there were none and the highs there were a handful which means the rest of the categories hit that remarkable average score that you described earlier we're definitely not going to go into detail about all of them if you're curious definitely check out the blog post again link is in the show notes but i do want to touch on affordability this category has come up time and time again most of the time we're complaining about it. This time, it scored a four above average, which is literally the best score we've given to affordability since we started this journey. What do you wow. make of that?
0: <laughs> I mean, it's really nice to be in a place where we can actually afford to buy a house. But I do have to mention, even though like we're in a place that we can afford, I talked to one of the locals. His name is Dave. He's a coffee shop owner. And he was telling me how actually the locals can't afford the increased house prices. So it's like this crazy thing just reminds me that we don't all have the same resources, but I do. It, it's pretty attractive to see the affordability here.
1: Yeah. You know, it's really bizarre to me that we have literally had that same exact conversation in every single city where we've been. Yeah. This whole entire journey. We go in, people say, watch out the cost of living is just skyrocketing the locals can't afford to live here you know people are coming from out of state and buying up all the inventory something strange is going on
0: (laughs) yeah to be some of the outsiders to go in and buy them up it's kind of a bummer but we don't make a ton of money it's not like we're coming in here with bags of uh, riches it's just (laughs) <laughs> we have bags of gold. Yeah. <laughs>
1: no, we just lived in the Bay Area for eight years, had some good jobs for a minute.
0: Yeah. And we have a starter home. So and we're not we even buying home. the first home. So yeah.
1: We're in a pretty decent situation. Yeah. Um, I will admit that when we went to the open houses, I got kind of excited. Like this is the first time where we've ever walked into an open house that was in our price range where so, I went, oh my gosh, this is beautiful and it looks like a house where grown-ups would live (laughs) usually we're looking at like little studios and condos that look like yes you know downgrades from what you own in fort collins yeah
0: (laughs) this actually looked comparable i mean the first house we toured was an older brick ranch style home but it was zoned for chickens that's pretty cool
1: I don't know if I could handle having chickens after the rat chicken escapades we had in Berkeley, but.
0: I'm totally cool. with you. I'm actually surprised <laughs> I'm mentioning this. But I have to say it because of the sustainability that it promotes, right? Like my neighbors can have chickens. Okay. Oh, God. Going back to rat, uh, rat there.
1: <laughs> I didn't see any rats in Santa Fe, so maybe it's not. A thing. No, those coyotes probably keep that kind of population oh, down
0: right we just will have a lower coyote fence to eat <laughs> <laughs> we got it worked out but the point is it does promote a different style of living and that's something i think we all could relearn or get back to right
1: yeah i agree mm-hmm. any city that allows people to have backyard chickens and front yard gardens is a city that i want to be a part of amen so, yeah um, that yard was enormous, and I have to say, it was a hundred percent dust. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it was. <laughs> we went out there, dust. and
1: it was choking us because yeah. the wind was blowing dust in our face that in the backyard. Sweaty. So that's that could be a drawback. But I guess on the plus side, there's no mowing, which we have forsworn.
0: Yes, <laughs> that's one thing I love about the southwestern desert landscape: grass is not part of it. Yes.
1: Yes, no mowing. No mowing. I couldn't believe how much space we could get for the price and the location. This house was located pretty close to our Airbnb, and we now know that to be a pretty walkable area, if not bikeable. I think it would be more bikeable because it's a few blocks down the trail. But the second house we toured, oh my gosh, it was so beautiful. That one was the one where I was like, okay done <laughs> moving in <laughs> yeah
0: we're putting an offer in today, yeah, the second home was really modern I, and it felt middle class, so that was a cool upgrade now, I love skylights, it had skylights, also had a bay window in the front, and um a lot of these newer builds are kind of on smaller lots, and so the same with this one. It was a newer build, very modern, looked beautiful, but I felt really close to all my neighbors, so
1: that's true, but honestly, not bad because You know, we've already known that if we're going to buy a place, it's going to be pretty tight. It's going to have small outdoor spaces. It's going to be close to the neighbor. Yeah. This one is going to be a standalone house versus a condo. So in some ways to me, I'm like, okay, so we're close to the neighbors.
0: (laughs) Better than we get in San Diego for the price. Right. Way better. (laughs) That's for sure. But
1: that said, you have to like your neighbors to live in a place like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'd have to meet them and get to know them. (laughs) Get to
1: know your neighbors. (laughs) Uh, I just love the high ceilings there and the big fireplace right when you walked in. Mm -hmm. I walked out of that place thinking, okay, Trey, we need to talk seriously. I think Santa Fe might be the place we need to go.
0: Oh, man. Uh,
1: This is the first time I've had that feeling.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I was right there with you on the second house.
1: Yeah. One drawback, though, I will mention that this particular house, it was a beautiful new build, but it was not in a walkable area at all because this was way in the south end. The Mm -hmm. Santa Fe, which we described previously, that's like the working class end. You've got more strip malls. The streets are bigger. People are driving everywhere. So in that sense, didn't quite hit the mark for what we're looking for. But we did find a really nice walking trail behind the place.
0: Yeah. I Maybe it's all the artists, but somebody had put in like this really awesome rock garden and it was like a half built labyrinth. And the really cool thing about this labyrinth that I liked is it had these little stopping points with color, like colored rock. So it was almost like I could see all the different chakra colors going on there uh, if it was fully completed. But this was just behind this newly built neighborhood. So, you know, one, a reminder Santa Fe is enigmatic, so it's good to slow down and just take a look around, even if you don't feel you need to.
1: (laughs) Yes. You never know what surprises are right around the corner. Yeah. Once again, this trail would have easily been overlooked. I saw two young kids kind of walking out. I was like, oh, we could take Oscar down there.
0: There you go.
1: (laughs) Next thing you know, there's this beautiful rock labyrinth, and- Let's not forget the dust devil.
0: <laughs> Are you calling the dust devil beautiful? <laughs> no, it scared
1: us off. We, yeah. I don't. I feel like kind of a doofus now. It was a
0: dust demon. We're gonna upgrade this.
1: <laughs> it was a dust demon. Yeah. It was like way bigger than I've ever seen. It wasn't like one little column. It was. No. I don't know, fat.
0: Yeah. Think of the movie Legend, and there's that big horn demon. No, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> I don't know. This it movie. was taller than Walmart. So we're sitting there because it's a bunch of box stores around here. Yeah. And that's when I got concerned because normally dust devils are kind of like these wispy things. This thing was like fat at the bottom, about as wide as Burger King, and way taller than the Walmart. So Yeah, because yeah. it was a dust demon. Yeah, it was a dust <laughs> demon, right? Beelzebub dust. Uh. <laughs> We survived. We're yes. fine. Yeah, <laughs> we did. Kind of run out of there though. <laughs> yeah, we did. But luckily, the dust demon did not run off with the median home price. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So while we were looking at houses, we really hunkered down and did some research, and we found out that for the type of house we're looking for, a two bedroom, two bath, preferable, you can find one for about five hundred k.
1: Yeah, the median home price was four ninety nine. Round up to five hundred. And I know a half mil does sound like a big chunk of change. Yeah. It is. <laughs> but let's compare this to the other places we've been. Let's say Pismo Beach. Let's not forget the medium home price there was $1.7 million. Ooh. So.
0: <laughs> say that fast.
1: That makes Santa Fe look like a total steal, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, especially if you're not a local.
0: Yeah. Are you sorry. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> awesome place for the price.
1: Agree. All right. So before we reveal the final score, let's just quickly talk about one other um, of our remarkable averages. That was the food and restaurants, which we gave a score of four, which is above average.
0: Yes. Let's please talk about food. The food. The food. The food. I ate Mexican food for one straight month and I don't apologize. (laughs) (laughs) It was fantastic and spicy go Santa Fe all the way.
1: I agree. I did not get <laughs> tired of eating Mexican food all month long. I feel like we made up for our lack of eating out in Imperial Beach. Oh, there you go. When we were also surrounded by Mexican restaurants but did not take advantage. Yes.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want well, I want to shout out one particular cafe. This place was a walking distance from our house and their breakfast burritos quickly became An addiction for me. Um, I'm talking about Mm. counterculture. Yum. And I'm not sure I'm going to survive without my Wednesday morning fix of spicy green chili and potatoes and eggs burrito with a side of the world's literal best cinnamon roll. (laughs) Uh, I missed this. Yeah. Desperately.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That cinnamon roll was as big as our heads. (laughs)
1: Oh, it's so good.
0: So good. <laughs> so good. And you had to eat it that day because it only got hard.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you have no regrets when you're like, okay, yeah. this head-sized cinnamon roll down the hatch. Yeah, <laughs> I least, have space for you. Let's come over sure. here.
0: <laughs> oh, too good. We lucked out with our rail yard location, I must say. Go us. Now, Santa Fe is known for their margaritas, but... I'm going to recommend getting a michelada from the burrito company in downtown Santa Fe. They like lace the rim with this spicy jelly and it's the bomb.
1: You know, okay, I have to say, I didn't know what a michelada was until we started this trip. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And we started discovering them in San Diego and I didn't like them. I was like, oh, these are okay. I mean, you know, michelada is a combination of what, like, beer, beer... And
0: everything else, <laughs> whatever else you want
1: to put in it, but it's usually like not a good beer.
0: Yeah, yeah. I really like it. well, not not a good, not a micro brew. It's going to be like a Corona or a Modelo.
1: Yeah. yeah, just a classic Mexican beer. Yeah, and then they put some tomato like clamato in That's it. That's what it was. The tomato yeah,
0: sauce. yeah or tomato juice.
1: Tomato juice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I suppose you could try paste. Um, <laughs> uh, they're fine. They're fine. But then we had this one in Santa Fe, the one you're talking about, Mm -hmm. it blew my mind. I was like, whoa, what is this nectar of the goddess?
0: Right. (laughs) It wasn't watery, full of flavor, that little like spicy jam. Mm. And
1: it had like that perfect fizz to it. Like, I don't know how they got that balance so perfect. It was mm, delicious. Uh, Amen. I I want some.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're going back.
1: I want to swim in it. Basically.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Now, to get the best introduction to michelada, what I say is watch Heavenly Bites Mexico. That episode is the best. You'll see what you've been missing.
1: Yeah, this is on Netflix. Yes. And don't miss it because you'll find out. michelada. there's more. There's more that you can do with a Michelada.
0: Yeah. You'll be so (laughs) sad that you can only see it, not taste it. Ah,
1: It's it's wild. All right. Moving on to another mention in the food category. I wanna I wanna shout out Kakawa Chocolate House. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. What an experience. So this place creates drinking chocolate elixirs that are derived from historical recipes. These recipes apparently are ancient. They would date back to indigenous cultures. Some of them mm. shockingly beautiful. Um, we got a flight of four chocolate elixirs. They were from different regions and they each tasted completely different from each other.
0: I would say the spectrum started at regular hot chocolate up to exotic spicy mix.
1: <laughs> yeah. And the regular hot chocolate is like literally the best hot chocolate you've ever had because yeah. it was just so creamy. The chocolate was so vibrant and like, uh, I'm drooling, Trey. Help me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> well, it was cool. And the names were cool. Wish I remembered them. But one was like an Aztec kind of name. Yep. But that paired with the truffles. All I wanted was like this really fancy wine to go with. it. I was like, oh, man, if I had planned this and actually knew what to pair. That would be a sweet trip.
1: Yeah, we didn't eat the truffles with the elixirs because that would have been a lot of chocolate on chocolate. Yeah. But you're right. We should have gotten some nice, like dry wines to go with the truffles right?
0: or sweet dessert wine is usually known for pairing with a dessert or like a chocolate.
1: Yeah. Even I want port- to go back.
0: Yeah. Let's oh, do it. Gosh.
1: Port, port, and chocolate.
0: port and cacao were there. <do> it. <laughs> I love it.
1: Oh, so much fun. Okay. One last mention. This is really the last mention in the food category. We did ultimately find it. You know what I'm talking about? What did we find? <laughs> the best pizza next to the old ass church. The one that the Trader Joe's uh, cashier mentioned.
0: Yeah? Yeah. It was the best pizza we had in Santa Fe. It was. And that church was old.
1: It was. <laughs> <laughs> so the pizza turned out to be upper crust pizza. And it was... Perfect for us because it had really nice pizzas, uh, vegetarian-friendly, dog-friendly patio. Crust was dope. It was upper crust crust.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It was an upper crust crust. Good job, upper crust.
1: And yeah, it was located right next door to the San Miguel Chapel, which was built in the 1600s. It's just a tiny little adobe chapel with a lot of history. So I guess that means we succeeded on our Santa Fe treasure hunt.
0: Booyah. All right. What do I win? (laughs) You
1: win an experience of Santa Fe. (laughs) Ooh, all right.
0: (laughs) All right, everyone. It's time to reveal the final score for Santa Fe. What will it be, city different?
1: Let's get a drum roll.
0: 77. 77.
1: Wow, that's actually really solid. Okay, so we've had a string of cities that have gotten a 68 score. Ooh. And they're up against Sorry,
0: I didn't mean to <laughs> boo that it just sounded appropriate. <laughs>
1: That's fine. They're up against a couple cities in the low eighties. That's Berkeley and San Diego, which Man. both got in the low eighties. So honestly, to me, a 77 means Santa Fe is a serious contender and worth worth discussion.
0: Man, Santa Fe also got an additional point added for the influence of the indigenous people. Wow. That is super cool for my shaman side. Yeah. I think the city, I have to agree, it's a contender. All right, put up your dukes, San Diego. Put up your dukes, everybody else. SF is coming for
1: you. <laughs> I don't know if we can call it SF because that reminds me of San Francisco. Right, uh, it
0: just flows off so easily. All right, Santa Fe, I won't try and redefine.
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm different, man.
0: Yeah, right. Um,
1: I think that, though, if we do choose Santa Fe... I have one big caveat. What's that? We need to burn Zozebra. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely need to burn Zozebra because I don't know if I'm cut out for feeling so gloomy. And I almost docked the city a bonus point for the gloomy, cursed feeling I had the whole time we were there.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll have to shoo away those gloomy evil spirits.
1: I really wonder if burning Zozebra would do it.
0: It already feels good talking about it. Yes. Now, let's see what our tarot cards have to say about the city of Santa Fe, (laughs) New Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) I'm interested what might come through.
1: Okay, you went first last time.
0: All right, you get to go first this time. I want you to go first this time.
1: (laughs) All right, Trey. I am shooketh. I am Hmm? shooketh. Yeah. i have got to tell you i was not expecting this i mean obviously we had a really great experience in santa fe Mm -hmm. got a good score Mm -hmm. but let me tell you okay so i'm using i'm using the same tarot deck i've been using all season the luminous void tarot and we sat down to do the reading and when i do my reading i do a breathing exercise and I call on, you know, my spirit guides, my ancestors, my higher self. And I just start feeling the energy in the air and I can actually feel the energy between my palms. Okay, so this is how I set up for reading. Would you believe it? The moment I started breathing, my freaking hands started aching.
0: Oh, wow. (laughs) Did it feel familiar?
1: I was like, and I I was kind of disconnected mentally. I was like, wait a minute, why do my hands hurt again? And then I was like, oh, I'm drawing on the energy of Santa Fe right now. Nice. My hand started aching. So that was the first moment of feeling a little bit shook. Okay. Okay. It doesn't end, end here. Oh, this whoa. is like the craziest reading yet. Whoa. So um, the card I drew is, this is the first time I've pulled a karmic card from the deck. Every single other card has been from the minor arcana this one is my first major, and it's the Fool. It's the number zero Fool card. Ooh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All right, so I'm excited to hear what you have to say, but let me tell you my uh, some of my interpretations. So the Fool card is the number zero, which means it's both the first and last card in the Tarot deck. And it's the symbol of new beginnings, endings and new beginnings, right? So it's like the beginning of a new cycle. And I mean, it seems so obvious, right? Like if you're going to move to a new city and establish a new home, you're starting at zero. You're starting at the the beginning of this new cycle. And the other part about this card is it's a really, really calls on you to trust in the universe because as the fool, as the beginner, you don't know anything yet. You literally are walking onto an adventure, a brand new adventure, and have no context about what you're getting into. The Actually, the image on the card is a person with like a knapsack over their shoulder oh. and they're just off hiking into the unknown with a little dog by their side, by the way, which, come on.
0: <laughs> appropriate.
1: <laughs> Very appropriate. <laughs> and so it's like... It's like this beautiful karmic card about starting a new adventure in life, a new cycle in life and walking into the unknown with like a certainty that the universe has got your back and is going to guide you into the next phase. Mm. So <laughs> I don't know what wow. to say. <laughs> like if I was going to say my tarot was voting for a city, mm-hmm. I would say it's voting for Santa Fe. Wow. Wow. So that's it. You are welcome to respond. Yeah.
0: Well, I love it. So, okay. The Fool, one thing that you said that I actually hadn't heard before, which I like, or maybe I don't remember it, is how zero ends the cycle and begins a cycle. And it's a loop. There's a lot of uh, cycles and stuff. So I love that. But something that you didn't say that I want to put on there is also the fool is you talked about being the fool right and what it looks like to you but i a lot of times interpret the card as how people look at you so you have confidence looking foolish doing something unknown you're unexperienced all the things you said but to other people you look foolish too so yeah that's that's almost
1: the story of my life i always choose to do things like this podcast, for example, <laughs> for people who I know and love are like, why are you doing that?
0: <laughs> yeah. Or she tries to like draw and all of a sudden she's doing these super realistic pet drawings. If anybody knows Naomi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I never knew for over 10 years that she could draw like that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, even though it might appear like, oh, you're doing something that looks silly. You just pull it out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So continue to be shook.
1: (laughs) No, (laughs) it gets deeper.
0: Totally. So um, this is more, I pull, okay. So (laughs) let me start first with, I love how you mentioned how to get started. So just to say for me, when I get started, I try and concentrate in terms of like calming down. So I calm down through breath, making sure I take a good inhale and I hold the cards. Think of my question, shuffle them up. So that's how I get started. So I pulled this one card from my Handle Tarot deck, and it's a Minor Arcana. So I have had Major Arcana, but this was a Minor. And it is the uh, Six of Cups, which would be happiness in this set. So I thought that was really awesome. So just because something's a a Minor Arcana doesn't mean it doesn't have force and impact. And so this Minor Arcana is kind of a true happiness card. Sometimes in Tarot, happiness can be like a double-edged sword, kind (laughs) of. Yeah. But this one is cups, so it's emotional, so I would feel happy. The way the card is actually situated, I like it too because it has six cups, but it has it divided into two groups, one being four of cups, which in this uh, deck is law, foundation, law, stability. Then (laughs) the other group of cups is just two cups which would symbolize the lovers because the two of cups is the lovers so you have this foundation for the lovers i'm getting goose pimples just thinking yeah i'm also
1: getting literal my hair is standing up in
0: that while i'm
1: kind of shook again
0: yeah but we're not done wait Uh, wait there's more it has the color of red in the card (laughs) symbolizing life uh, and it has a five star like the pentagram for the goddess. Now this is actual star in the sky, but it's five-pointed. So with all this imagery what it's trying to say is happiness and balance. That's kind of the totality of the divination of the card. Wow. Yeah.
1: It sounds like a vote from your deck too.
0: Yeah. Shocked. So for years to come out so strong and in mind to have that too. It's like, what?
1: They always seem to echo and work with each other really beautifully, don't they?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Like us. Do do.
1: Wow. So we have a lot to think about.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this is <laughs> totally. definitely
1: up the game a little bit for me, honestly. I'm going to be very, very honest
0: dun, dun, dun. and say
1: that Santa Fe was in the running before, but now I'm like really thinking we need to think about it with utmost seriousness.
0: Well, we still have some more metrics and review to do. So that'll be cool.
1: That's it for us. Five weeks and we're out, but.
0: The conversation doesn't have to end there.
1: Tell us what we missed.
0: Share your love for Santa Fe.
1: We want to hear from you.
0: Email us at hello at hoptoit.fm. Include the city in the subject line. Wish us luck.
1: We're taking a stopover between Santa Fe and Durango next. See you there. If you like us and want to hear more, please rate and follow wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Bonus points if you tell two friends.
1: You know how these things start.
0: One friend tells another friend about us. And And they they tell tell two friends. friends, And and they they tell tell their their friends. friends, And so on and so on. on. Alright, sucking in the mojo, pull the mojo back in. (laughs) Got it.